Hey guys, my name is Dave Child. I'm from Cape Town, South Africa. Nice to meet you all. And to my closest. Yeah, so my name is Dave, and um, this is my second summer camp. I was here in July of 2019, and uh, the guys asked me to come back in 2020, and here we are. <laughs> so uh, it's been a long, it's been a long wait, and uh, yeah, it's just so good to be with you guys. I'm part of a church in Cape Town called Signal Vineyard. Um, some of you might know it used to be called Woodstock Community Church, and it was actually planted by. Um, Dave and Colleen's son, Caleb. So we've got a lot of connections with um, the Swedes. So you, how many of you guys here from Sweden? Okay, most of you guys. Are, the, only, the only thing that I learned to say with the youth guys in Swedish last night was fest, or festa, <laughs> party. <laughs> so, same in German. Same in German, and in Norwegian they say it's fest. Um, anyone from Norway or Denmark? Okay, yeah, okay. And any anyone from Finland? No Finland. So, um, just so you know, this seminar is on hearing the voice of God. I know in the in the booklet it said going deep in the prophetic, but that's going to be tomorrow. So, if you want to go deep in the prophetic today, you're welcome to leave. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. So today, um, I don't want to take too much time, but I, I really want to make this um, a seminar that's not only a teaching, but also an impartation of what God wants to do. And um, let's just pray as we start. So I want to thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence with us. even as we still and quiet our hearts. Mm. We're so aware of your presence, Lord. And I pray that in this next few minutes, you would just do something that unlocks our ears and our eyes, and our, but most importantly, our hearts to what you have to say to us, Lord. We're not after a good teaching, we're not after some wise words, but we're after an encounter with your presence, Lord. Come shape us. We never want to be people who are familiar with your presence. We always want to, we always want to honor your presence, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Have we got enough seats in here? There are some in the front. So, we can also put this on the floor if someone wants to sit. So, um, yeah, I am. Um, I was preparing for this um, seminar and. Um, I was just asking God for who he wanted to speak to, and um, 
I felt like there was someone here who, this is like a totally, totally random word, so if it's wrong, it's totally fine, but I felt like there was someone here who, you actually, you were tying your shoes recently, and you like snapped your shoelaces, like you, like, actually like broke your shoelace, like, did that happen to anyone, like recently in the last, like week, or couple of days, or two weeks, or... You'll know if it's you. If it's you, I, I really feel it. Yeah, like in the last, like... On the way to work, You, like, you broke, like it physically broke when you were tired? Yeah, wow. Um, also, if I, if I give a word and I say, like, a week or a couple of weeks and it's maybe the timing is off, but that thing happened to you, please respond, because um, we don't always get it right in the prophetic, but God speaks in part, we hear in part. Um, what's your name? Emil. 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 Yes. Are you um, are you married? I'm married. Yes. Is this your not your wife? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I just felt like uh, when I when I had when I had that picture, um, I haven't I haven't done that for a long time. Actually, breaking a shoelace, but it's like there's a real sense of like frustration. When that happens, I'm just like, oh no! And I just, and I just, I just felt like um, God just wanted to speak, uh, and I felt like that was might have been a picture of some things that have been happening in your life where there may have been a sense of frustration or waiting in terms of like things <coughs> you've been wanting God to do in your life. And you've, it's almost like they've been on delay and, and things like, God, like, I felt like there's some promises that God's given you and it's, it's, it feels like they've been pushed out. And I thought God wanted to highlight you this morning because he says the season of waiting is over. The season of waiting is over. And I just, as, I, I don't know, if someone wants to just put their hand on Emil, um, just feel like the Lord says where it's been a weight on your shoulders, where it's felt like almost like just this the pressure. I feel like Jesus says He's lifting that off you. He's lifting that off you today. And He says you're a man with a faithful heart. You're a man who's faithful to your word. I feel like you're the type of person like you'll if you give your word to someone, you'll keep it even to your own hurt. And I just see like there might be some relationships in your life where it's almost like <coughs> you've been faithful in those relationships and there's been like a, a strain. You've almost had to like carry some things in your heart where there's been some disappointment. And I feel like God says He's going to begin to heal those places of your heart. He's going to begin to heal those places in your heart. And I feel, I just see a picture of the Holy Spirit just blowing His wind into your sails again. Yes. And the thing about a sailboat is like, you can bring out the oars, and you can try and like paddle. And I don't know if it's felt like a season in your life where sometimes it's just been like furiously trying to keep up. And I feel like God says, He who promised is faithful. And the wind of the Spirit's going to blow 
in your life. And I, and I just see a picture of your home, like, where it's felt like, I don't know if this makes sense, but almost like the, the sound of joy has, like, diminished in your home. I feel like the sound of joy is returning. Almost like the sound of, it's going to be a sound of laughter that's going to be, like, in the walls. And where it's been a season of mourning, the Bible says he gives the oil of joy instead of mourning. So why don't you guys just reach out your hands to me, oh Lord. We pray, Lord, it's just the oil of joy. You know, when, when a prophetic word is given, it, it's not only just for the person that's being given, but it's given in the context of community. It's given in the context of what... Um, God is doing with us. So we get, as people around Emil, we get to participate with what God is doing. We get to participate in this. As I've been prophesying, as God's been ministering love to his heart, we get to press in. So I want to encourage you to raise your expectation for what God's going to do this morning. So Lord, we pray for Emil, Lord. We pray your blessing on his life. I feel like God says, your cup, it's felt like, you know, when the, when the psalmist says, my cup overflows, at times it feels like your cup has been almost on empty. And I just saw, um, I wasn't aware of it until this trip, but you know those electric cars where you get the fast charge in like half an hour, it's back up. And I feel like what God's going to do this week, it's not going to take a year, two years. God can do in, in a week what would normally happen in a year. So this, this week for you is going to be a fast charge. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Isn't it cool when God just begins to speak? I thought I would just start off with a couple of prophetic words because um, who wants to be in a seminar called Hearing the Voice of God if we don't hear the voice of God? Um, is, there, is there someone here? I've got a picture like of someone with... Like your left, it might be, it might not be your left, but I feel like it's your left elbow. Either like the picture I had is like when you move it, there's like a clicking, like a, a clicking sound. It, it could be your right, but like or, otherwise, just pain. But I felt like someone here's got just pain or injury in your left elbow. Is that you? Your right elbow? Does it make a like a sound or just? As, as you, when you move it. What's your name? Valentine. Valentine. Why don't you just reach your hands towards Valentine? Lord, we just want to, and someone maybe just lay hands. Is that your right elbow? Yeah. One of you ladies, just lay your hands on your right elbow. Lord, we want to thank you for Valentine. We speak healing in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Lord. As we keep praying for you, Valentine, I just feel like God's beginning to <clears throat> just cover you with His love right now. Just pouring out His love on you. And I feel like God says, He doesn't have favorites, but you have favorites. 
and there's just something about your life and your heart that catches his attention. And um, the Bible talks about our worship being like a fragrance, like a perfume. And I feel like God says to you this morning, like, your life is like one of his favorite fragrances. It's like, if he has to just pick out, like, worship, he's like, Valentine, man, I want to wear some Valentine. And um, I just feel like God says there's, um, there's like a real season of breakthrough coming in your life. There's a real season of breakthrough. And sometimes when we think about breakthrough, we think like we've got to pray and we've got to fast and we've got to cry out to God. But I feel like this breakthrough is going to come through just worship and enjoying His presence. And Psalm 23 says, <coughs> He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And I feel like God says there's a table, even where it's felt sometimes like you've been surrounded in some situations. I feel like there's, there's a table of His goodness that's surrounding your life. There's a table of good things for you. And I feel like God says He's... I see a picture of these two doors opening. And I feel like God says He's going to open some doors of opportunity for you. Um, doors of opportunity. Um, I don't know, are you, are you studying or working? Or? Um, I'm on this I just saw like God's gonna like as I saw those those doors opening like God says that your future is secure in Him that He's got good things ahead for you and even like you had to walk through that valley of the shadow of death He says like even in the midst of that there's a place of goodness for your life. And I feel like the Lord just says, even as you're a mom, He just says, you have been so faithful. You've been so faithful. And even for your children, I feel like the Lord wants to give you a promise this morning that their, their future is secure in God. And even as you've been praying for them, and just, I don't know if you've, I just see like you at night, just like struggling to sleep. I don't know if you've experienced any of that. But just I feel like when, when your children have been on your heart, God says he's got an incredible future ahead for them. So let's just stretch out our hand for Valentine. Lord, I want to thank you. And I feel like the Lord says he's just pouring out that love on you right now. And he's just breaking off the defeat of this last season. He's breaking off the loss of this last season. He says he's seen, he's seen every tear that you've cried. And this is a, this is a holy moment. Because God says that you are his beloved. 
You are his beloved. You guys just sense as, as like we just touch on the heart of God, like the whole atmosphere of the room changes. And one of the things about hearing the voice of God and stepping out in the prophetic is we're not after, we never after accuracy. Accuracy is amazing when it unlocks the secrets of someone's heart. But the point of the prophetic and hearing God's voice is bringing someone into encounter with the love of God. That's always what we're going after. So, um, yeah, I, um, I, I really am excited about what God wants to do. And hopefully I'll have some time at the end to do a little bit more ministry to people. I've got a few more words. But um, before I kicked off on actual, the actual teaching part of the seminar, I just felt we were, if you guys were in the, um, if you guys were in the session this morning, uh, that Finnish gentleman... Um, he shared an incredible testimony of healing in barrenness, where his wife was unable to produce a child. They were trying infertility treatments, and God just did something miraculously in a moment. And then nine months later, they had their first child. And I felt like in this room, God wanted to encourage many of you, where you felt like you've been in a season of barrenness. Some of you, there might be some of you physically trying to have children. But I felt it was more like a spiritual season of barrenness. I don't know if that makes sense to anyone. But, um, you know, when someone shares a testimony of what God has done, and we celebrate what God has done, it unlocks what God hasn't yet done. Does that make sense? So when we celebrate what He has done, it's like we're saying, wow, we want to celebrate God with you, <coughs> what you have done. And as we celebrate what you have done, it unlocks faith so that we can step in to see more of what God is yet to do. He wants us to be a people who have gratitude in our hearts. And gratitude says, at every moment, I'll choose to celebrate the goodness of God. And as we celebrate that testimony, you know, testimony is such a powerful thing. Because you know what happens when you've got a testimony of the goodness of God in your life? it becomes a place of victory for you in your life. So when you win a, a victory in the kingdom of God, you've gone through a battle like this guy who was fighting through his battle of, of believing God for a child. When you get a testimony, you've got a victory. And you know what the Bible says? It says, freely we've received, so freely we give. So if you've got an area of victory in your life, it's yours to give away for free. And that's how the kingdom works. The kingdom works is like, I've gone through something, and God's given me breakthrough and testimony. Now I'm going to say, that's yours to take for free. You don't have to fight the battle that I went through. My ceiling can become your platform. Does that make sense? Yeah. What God's done in my life can become a starting point for you. That's why we share testimonies. Because, you know what? The culture of the world says, the culture of the world says, if you succeed, I fail. Right? I mean, all you have to do is go on Instagram and it's like, oh my word, look at their life, perfect. I'm such a failure. And the enemy will always try to convince us that if someone else is succeeding, it means that I need to do better. 
right? But in the kingdom of God, when you succeed, your success becomes my success. So when you win a victory, you can give that victory away to me for free and say, actually, I've won this. I don't want you to have to fight this battle. So here, I'm going to tell you what God's done, and that's going to release faith for God to do that same thing in your life without you fighting that battle. I think that's a good point. And I just feel like God wants to just heal some. And I was just struck by that testimony. And I felt like God wants to heal some barrenness in our lives. And um, you know what the enemy does? So often he tries to convince us that an area, <coughs> an area in our life where we don't see fruit, he tries to convince us that it's barren. But actually... Those are the very places where God has planted seed. And I just wanted to, I wanted to declare that over you. Like, I don't know what your, your COVID season has been like. But back home, it's felt like it's been a season of barrenness. Like, things haven't happened. <coughs> Promises have been delayed. But I feel like when we look at those areas in our life, God says today, they're filled with seeds of hope. They're filled with seeds of promise. They're filled with seeds of destiny. And T.D. Jake says an amazing thing about crushing. And actually, before I go there, I just I felt like, for some of us, it's like our lives have been in the season of crushing. Can you guys relate? Where it just feels like there's an intensity of pressure. And like every side, you're just like, what is happening? Like, why am I going through this like pressure cooker? You know, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 8.2 of the Macedonians, and he says, For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and extreme poverty has overflowed in a wealth of generosity. And I feel like there's some people here, you've been through a severe test of affliction. And God says... You know, in that place of crushing, the most beautiful thing is that it produces an oil of worship. You know, when you get, have you, I don't know if you know, if you're familiar with how they make olive oil, but that olive has to be crushed and pressed, and in that place of pressing, it releases an, an oil. And for some of us, in, in the crushing and the pressing and the testing in our lives, it's like releasing this oil of worship. And the amazing thing about going through trials in our life is we can get to choose to worship God in the midst of affliction. One day when you get to heaven, you're not going to have a choice whether you want to worship or not because you're just going to worship because you're surrounded by the glory of God. But there's seasons in our life where we go through things where we get to give God the purest form of worship because it's a choice. We say, Lord, it doesn't make sense, but I know that you're good. And I wanted to say that over you today because I feel like some of you have gone through a season of crushing. And when T.D. Jakes talks about it, he says this amazing quote. He says, being planted and being buried may feel similar, if not identical. But the intention leads to very different outcomes. Being planted and being buried. You know, some of us, I don't know about you guys, but me, this last season, it's felt like I've been buried. Like, everywhere you look, it's just dung, dung. <laughs> Sorry, that 
the, the quote. The quote, he says, being planted and being buried feels very similar, if not identical, but the intention lead to very different outcomes. And I just felt like for some of us where everything once felt light, it feels like some things have become dark and cramped with no room to move. And it's almost like for some of us it's felt like some of our dreams and our hopes and our, and our expectations, almost like they've been buried under six feet of despair and disappointment, disillusionment. I don't know if you guys relate. But I feel like what God says is that you haven't been buried, but you've been planted. Amen. And where a seed is put in the ground and it's surrounded by fertilizer. I don't know if you guys have ever smelt fertilizer. No. It smells like the toilets down on the other side of camp. And sometimes when you're in a season where your life smells like the toilets, it's like that's the exact atmosphere and environment God places you to bring life out of you. Because when a seed is surrounded by fertilizer, it releases life. And that seed has to push through the soil until it breaks through the ground and there's signs of life. And I feel like God says to you guys today and He says to us on this camp that there's signs of life beginning to show. And where you've been buried, where you've been cramped, God says, I've planted you. So if that's you, before we carry on, I just want you to place your hand on your heart. If you felt like, I've just felt like there's been a season of like cramp and buried and even crushing. And we, I just want to pray. I feel like it's most of us. And I just felt that because I felt like God just wanted to do something in, in the posture of our hearts before we carried on with talking about hearing His voice. Because when we have an open heart, it's so much easier to relate to the, the Father. So let's just take a moment. I want to thank you, Lord. I want to thank you, Holy Spirit, for these beautiful men and women. Come, Holy Spirit. It's just like a, a beautiful sense of the presence of God. Just take a moment, Lord. We're not after anything else but, anything else but your presence, Lord. We really don't care if we don't get to a teaching, Father. If we don't have you, Lord. Some of you guys are going to feel the presence, the, the liquid love of God just come upon you. John twelve twenty four says, Unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And I feel for some of us, it's like things in our lives have had to die. But God says, I'm the God of resurrection. And where it's felt like things have died, it's only the outer part of the seed that has died. But there's an inner part of seed that is releasing life right now. And Holy Spirit is just beginning to release life in your heart right now. For some of you, it's like you've been, I don't know if you're familiar with the saying, we, we say, it, I felt like I've been in the trenches. Like in World War I, where they dug those trenches in the mud. And then they'd have to like pile over and, and go into, into battle. And for some of us, it's felt like we've just, we're trying to dig ourselves out of situations. And every time we try to take ground, it's like we've, we just slip back in. And I had a picture for someone some time ago where they'd been in the trenches. And I felt like God zoomed out on this picture and said, you know, those trenches 
aren't trenches, they're furrows. Like in a seed where a farmer digs furrows. And where it's felt like the enemy has kept you in a trench, the enemy has simply dug a furrow for God to plant a seed. So when he tried to keep you down, he's actually done the work. And God is planting seeds of hope. I feel like for many of us, God says, where hope deferred has made the heart sick, I'm making your heart alive again. For a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And a tree of life starts as a seed. So right now, Holy Spirit, I pray, just breathe on our hearts, Lord. We take authority over barrenness. We thank you that where the enemy has tried to convince us that our lives are barren, there's been seeds that you've planted in the season that are going to bear life and fruit and abundance. And that the reaper will overtake the sower, Lord. Some of you right now, God's going to just remind you of promises He's given you. The Bible says in Acts, in Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Or from it flow the springs of life. And um, before I came, someone said, they gave me a word saying, feel like you're going to release people. I don't know if you've ever seen those um, those rivers in, I think in like in France and Amsterdam, where they've got the, the locks, where basically the, the, the boat comes along and they put up like a weir and then another one on this side and they change the level. And they gave me this word and they said, feel like some people have been stuck, like their life has been going and like those, those gates have been closed. And God wants to open them and, and bring release. Where some of, some of us have felt like we've been in this holding pattern. And God says, no, it ends today. And you know what happens sometimes in life? I don't know if any of you guys have been through disappointment. But sometimes when we go through disappointment, we put up walls in our hearts. Because you know what happens with disappointment? It's like, if you've been disappointed, it's like, I've been expecting something up here and then I get disappointed and it feels like I get dropped. And so what we do is we lower our expectation so that if, if it doesn't happen, we don't have to have such a big drop. But the problem is, when you lower your expectation, you lower your faith. And God says He wants to raise our expectation again because He's the God who calls you from us. And almost like some of us, We've put these walls up like those locks in our heart and it stopped the water of the Spirit flowing because we said, I'm going to guard my heart, but not out of a place of faith, out of a place of fear. And as God brings those walls down, it's like the water begins to flow and the life begins to flow. And He's going to do that in some of your lives this morning. So I hope that's helping. I guess I better speak a little bit about hearing the voice of God. You guys just, are you feeling God's like in the room? So I just want to like teach for a few minutes on hearing the voice of God. And I felt like God wanted to say to us, first of all, just it's amazing that you guys are here. It's amazing that you want to hear the voice of God. And I feel like 
he says to us, guys, I've always been speaking and I'm always speaking. And you know, the key to hearing the voice of God is not so much focusing on your ability to hear, his, your ability to hear, but it's more about focusing on the fact that he's always speaking. And when we realize like he doesn't have a speech problem, then often, <laughs> often it just unblocks our ability to hear. Sometimes it can be like, I don't know, am I hearing God's voice? Am I hearing my voice? Am I hearing this voice? Like, let's just focus on the fact that he's always speaking. Make sense? You know, in the very beginning, in Scripture, we encounter God as the one who speaks. So the very first picture we get of God is Genesis 1 verse 3. It says, and God said. And God said. So God reveals himself from the very beginning of Scripture. I'm the one who speaks. And from the beginning to the end, he never stops speaking. You know, the very start of creation came from his spoken word. His words don't only carry truth, but they also carry creative life and creative power. You know that the, <coughs> we were telling the, the youth guys this last, uh, last night, the word universe in, in English comes from two words. Uni, meaning one, verse meaning word. One word, and here we are. However many thousand or million years later, one word from God and the universe is still expanding. So when God speaks, there's creative life and power. We are living in the evidence of that today. The universe is but the reality of one word proceeding from the mouth of God. I don't know who said it, but I think it was Chris Ballatin said, in God... Words become worlds. Words become worlds. So when God speaks, there's creative life that's released. And isn't it interesting, what was the first thing God tasked Adam with doing in Genesis? A, pri- a prize for the man with the man of the spectacles, naming the animals. Isn't it amazing? The first thing God does is He speaks, and then the first thing He invites man to do is to speak and name things. And you know, in that culture, it wasn't just like, oh, I must give a name, Emil, or like Jenna and I (coughs) trying to figure out what to call our son, Jude. I don't know if any of you guys have had kids, but man, it's hard to pick a name for your child. It's like, everyone's either going like, really back to like names you've never heard, or it's like, Apple or Sky or... You know, you've got to be trendy, and it's like, and then it's got to be biblical, and it's like, what? Are, and then is it a boy, is it a girl? It's hectic naming a child, yeah? It's like, and then they've got to live with their name for the rest of their life, so you've got to be like, what if they're at school, and then the name rhymes with this, and then they get teased for the rest of their life, and then, like, my son and his child, so when I was at school, like, everyone was like, oh, when you grow up, are they going to call you David Adult? Ha ha ha. Like all the bad jokes, but, um, you know, naming in the Jewish culture wasn't just about, like, picking out a name. It was actually assigning a characteristic to the object you were naming. So when people had an encounter with God, you know, Abram becomes Abraham. God changes their name because something happens. So when God tasked Adam 
with naming the animals, he was saying, you're not just giving them a name, you're actually releasing a creative power over these animals that's going to define who they are. I don't know if that's a theological stretch, but I feel like there was, uh, there was a creative opportunity for Adam there to join with God in releasing creative life through his words. Does that make sense? So God creates, and then he invites and says, man, you're going to join me as co-creator and use your words to shape the world around you. So when we hear the voice of God, not just to hear it for ourselves, but when we speak the word of God, we're also involved in this creative process of saying, we're going to speak, and the faith on that word is going to do something. So when you receive a prophetic word, there's faith that's spoken into your heart. So it's not just like God says, you're going to do this or you're going to do that. But there's actually faith that gets imparted so that seed can grow. Make, does that make, I, hope, I hope that makes sense to you guys. And then, what's the next thing that happens in the story? We know Adam and Eve sin. And for me, this is the most profound thing about hearing the voice of God. They sin. They say we're naked. We hide. And then what happens? Anyone know? It says God was walking in the garden as in the cool of the day. And he spoke and he said to them, where are you? And I want you guys to get this. Adam and Eve had just gone through like the greatest sin in human history. That was the fall of man as we call it in, in like theology. Just like before that it was paradise, after that... Sin was in the world forever. This is like the biggest like sin calamity. Like you couldn't be further from God moments probably in all of history. And in that moment of their greatest failure, God comes and he says, Where are you? If they could hear the voice of God in the moment of their greatest failure, in the moment of what could be argued as the greatest failure in human history. What does that mean for us in our lives? That even in your moments of your greatest failure, your greatest disappointment, where you feel like you're the furthest from God you've ever been, you will never lose the ability to hear the voice of God. I hope that helps you. If they could hear His voice, if you are saved, if you've given your life to Jesus, you can hear the voice of God. Because... When you responded to God, there was something in your heart that said, like, I've heard God. And you weren't a believer. So, like, God spoke into your life before you even knew Him. So, if you could hear His voice before you knew Him, how much more can you hear His voice now that you're a believer? Like, you've got a testimony in your own life. I heard the voice of God. I'm saved. I responded to Jesus. And I didn't know Him and He spoke to me. We were talking to the, um, the youth last night about Samuel. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the story of Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 3, where God, he's sleeping in the temple, and he wakes up, and he hears a voice, and he runs to the priest, and the priest says, go back to sleep. Happens three times, and on the third time, the priest is like, ah, maybe it's God. You're sleeping next to the Ark of the Covenant, which is like the presence of God. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you. 
And this is such an interesting verse in that chapter. I'll see if I can find it quickly. 1 Samuel 3. I've never seen this verse before. Um, it says, 1 Samuel 3, 7, it said, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So it says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, but he started to hear the voice of God. So if Samuel, in the old covenant, could hear the voice of God and he didn't yet know him, how much more can we, now that we've been united with Christ in his death and resurrection, hear his voice, the voice of God now that we know God? Is that helping you guys? God was already speaking before Samuel recognized his voice. And I feel like for us, it's not so much our ability to hear his voice, it's more about our ability to recognize his voice. And you know the, the crazy thing about the world that we live in? It's like we've never lived in a time where there are more sounds, voices, distractions, vying for our attention. There's a guy who I listened to a podcast. He's a British journalist. He wrote a book recently, and the title is Stolen Focus, um, a generation who is unable to pay attention. And um, I had this word in our church a few months ago, and I felt like God say, like, I'm taking out weapons of mass distraction. Not mass destruction, but mass distraction. That makes sense? Yeah. Like, if the enemy can't get us to sin, you know the next thing he'll try and get us to do? He'll just distract us. Like, Instagram, Netflix, it's like everywhere. They say that the attention span of someone in Gen Z now is less than three minutes. And they say that... Um, People under the age of 18, if they are watching TV or like watching something, they, they probably have at least three different devices on the go at the same time. So they can't just watch a TV program. They've also got to have something going on on their phone and probably one other device. So there's something that's happening in this generation where like the enemy is sowing distraction in a way that is like never before. Never before. And I believe he's doing that because there's a generation, he knows that if they get to put their attention on God and hear his voice, they're going to do things for God that are going to change this world. And one of the keys to hearing the voice of God is tuning out distraction and just learning to listen to his voice. For some of us, we just need to put down the phones or, or just close the laptop or turn off the TV because he doesn't have a speech problem. He's always speaking. You know, when we, um, our little boy, you might meet him, Jude. Man, I love that guy. Huh? He's one years old. He turned one on the 30th of June. My life has only changed slightly in the last year. <laughs> no, it's wild, guys. It's wild. But you know, we had a problem when he was a little bit younger, because you know what little babies are like. It's like, just as they're falling asleep, you like rock them, and just as they're falling asleep, like, 
they hear the sound and they wake up. And you're like, oh! You've been there for like 45 minutes, like praying. And sometimes I would literally be in his room at like 3 a.m. and I'd be praying in tongues, like, Lord, this kid has to sleep. And then you like put him down and then you step on like his toy and then he wakes up. But then after that, he got used to like hearing sounds. But then the next problem was like, any time he would be like almost asleep, we could like, you could like drop a pot, you could drop a pan, nothing. Like he, he just became resilient to sound. But if he heard my voice, he'd wake up. Like literally, I remember one day, I was in the kitchen and I think I literally like dropped a pot on the tiles and it was like, Wah! and I was like, oh, I've woken him up. And then I walked into the room and I said, I'm sorry. And like he hadn't woken up with that sound but as soon as I spoke he woke up I'm like come on dude what is going on and I share that story because there's something intrinsic in the nature of children that they can recognize their parents voice they say that a, a, a child is able to recognize their parents voice in a crowd and you know that a mom can like recognize her child's cry I didn't think that was true, but we went on a church camp recently and they were like, babies galore. And every time Jude cried, Jenna was like, it's Jude. I was like, what? But there's something that God's built into our DNA where a child is able to recognize their father's voice. And, God, and Jesus says in John 10, my sheep hear my voice. You guys have responded to the work of God in your life. You know what the, the voice of God sounds like. And I think it was B- Bill Johnson who said, you will always listen to the thing that you love. The thing that you really love will always grab your attention. I don't know if you've ever had that um, experience. If you've like, if you've been listening, I listen to quite a lot of music. But if you listen to music and you and you like know a song, like you just like know, it, and you'll like walk in the supermarket, and like they'll be playing it, and you'll be like, da, 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 like singing along, and and someone else will be like, what are you singing to? You're like, it's that song. Da, da. I've had I've had that experience before. If you know the song and you hear it, even if it's faint, you're able to pick it up like instantly. But if you don't know it, you won't even know there's music playing. Anyone had that experience? When we know the voice of God, even sometimes when it's faint, we'll pick it up because we're familiar. We're familiar with the sound of His voice. Guys, I won't be much longer, but just wanted to um, touch on one or two more things. Psalm 139, David says, Your thoughts towards me outnumber the sand of the sea. We once did it, when I was in school, we once calculated with our science teacher how many grains of sand there were in the world. And I think it's something like, like you work it out, if it's like a square centimeter and so many grains, and like, there's something like a few trillion or a few, yeah, like billion or trillion sands of sea. Uh, yeah. Sands of sea. Yeah. In the world. So it says, his thoughts towards you outnumber the sands of the sea. So like he's got like a billion trillion thoughts about you. And being a father of a son, of a new baby, 
I'm always talking to Jude. Like the dude can't understand me. I'm like, come on, you won't. Just start talking, man. Like, this is boring. <laughs> I'm always like, Jude this, Jude that, you know. If you go anywhere in the world, watch a parent with their child, like a baby. They'll always be talking to their baby. It's like, why wouldn't God be communicating his thoughts towards us? And his thoughts outnumber the sand of the sea. So don't you think he's always wanting to communicate those towards you? You know, I once worked it out. A million, if you've lived, I think it's a million hours, is it minutes or hours? It works out to like 10 years. No, is it seconds? Whatever it is, minutes. A billion is like 31 years. So if God's got like a trillion thoughts about you, He's got a thought for you for every moment of your life, even if you live to 200. He's, like he'll never have a thought that outdoes the length of your life. So I just really want to massage that into you, that God is always wanting to communicate and talk to you. He doesn't have a speech problem. And you know it says in Acts 2, it says, in the last days God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your young sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And that word that is, says he'll pour out his spirit literally means to gush forth, to spill over. And I felt like God says he wants to gush he wants to spill over his words in our life. John 3.34 says, the, the one who God has sent speaks the words of God because he has given the Spirit without measure. There's no limit. There's no measure on what God has given us by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we put a measure of what God wants to say or wants to do in our life. But he says, no, there's more. The one translation says, The Spirit does not give anything in small measures. He doesn't give anything in small measures. And I feel like what He wants to do, <coughs> He wants to raise our expectation this morning. That if He's always speaking, we can hear His voice. And I want to end with this. You know when Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan? The first words that heaven spoke over him. He went in. He came up. <coughs> and it says, the Lord says, This is my dearly beloved son. With him I'm well pleased. The voice of God will always communicate how much he loves you. And isn't it interesting, you know, when Jesus came out of the water, it says, heavens ripped open, the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove, and the voice said, this is my dearly beloved son. And you know what happened after that? He went to the wilderness, and what, what, did, the, what did the enemy come and say to him? The enemy said, if 
you are the Son of God, do this. If you are the Son of God, do that. And the amazing thing is not just that the enemy said, if you are the Son of God, but he conveniently left out the dearly beloved part. So whenever the enemy speaks to you, he'll speak to you and he'll, he, he, he was like, I'm not even going to address him in his right capacity. I'm just going to say, I'm going to question even if he is the Son of God. But when God speaks to us, he says, no, you are dearly beloved. Staying in a place of receiving the love of God will always keep us rooted in our identity and our destiny and our ability to hear His voice. And the <coughs> Jesus went through the Jordan River to release the rivers of living water from within us. The Bible says, this Holy Spirit is within us like streams of living water. And I feel like He wants to unlock those streams of living water today. So let's just take a moment. Let's place our hands on our hearts. Because I feel like God says, that verse, guard your heart with all vigilance for everything, for from it flow the springs of life. And he says it's a time for the rivers of life to flow again in our hearts. So Lord, I pray for these dearly beloved men and women. For these dearly beloved men and women, Lord, that you would cause rivers of life to flow again, Lord. I pray, I just feel like there's an unlocking of our ears there's an unlocking of our ears to hear His voice. And for many of you, I just feel like God says, you felt like you've been in that holding pattern where it's like that ship between those two locks. And for some of you, it's like the, the walls of our heart have been We've put up walls around our heart to guard our heart. But the Holy Spirit says, you know what can break down walls? It's the love of God. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now, won't you begin to just pour out your love? That where we've put walls up in our hearts that have stopped the water from flowing, Lord. Won't you come and just say, these are my dearly beloved Hmm. We're just going to take one or two more moments. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. We're not in a rush, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Guys, thank you so much. It's been amazing. I'm doing a seminar to... Here, I think it's here again tomorrow at, at 11 and tomorrow's seminar is going to be called Going Deeper in the Prophetic. So I want to speak a little bit more on what it looks like to flow in the prophetic, 
to hear God's voice and to speak that out. So if you're interested in growing in a prophetic gift, um, please feel free to come along or tell others to come along. Um, we're going to do some more ministry tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I hope that was helpful for you guys. And thank you so much. If you want to hang out and get some prayer for anything, please, like, you don't have to rush off. Please feel free. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you.